So, I want to tell you guys a little story. When Micah first called me to help moderate this fireside chat, I had one question and one question only, and it was, are we going to hit it on the head? Like, is, is anything off limits? Can we discuss anything? And his answer was, we can discuss anything. Which I replied, okay. You know, so um, we don't have a lot of time, so we'll just hop into it. I think the right place to start is the 34 million pound elephant in the room. Um, <laughs> you recently lost, which sounds crazy even saying it, you recently lost $34 million. What was, I can't even imagine what that experience was like. Can you talk to us a little bit about it? Yeah, man. I mean, you were among my first calls. Remember. But it was really, it was really tough because I knew how much we had worked leading up to that. And one mistake cost us that. And it really hurt as well because from a personal feeling, you know, I wanted to create a movie, I wanted to create this thing, and here's a chance to really own IP as a black creator and build this. And I know now that I have to make sacrifices. Business doesn't change, you know, but the sacrifice that I had to make, you know, and try to own IP, it's a little different now. But the good thing was, like, the, the community was reimbursed. Everybody got their Akutars. Everybody got, you know, their refunds. And the mistake actually happened because we were trying to reward the community even more so. So it's a hard lesson to learn, but a lesson you have to learn from and grow from. Yeah, we spoke, I believe you were in London when I called you. I didn't know yeah, you were in London. Never was... going back to London. <laughs> <laughs> and, and it was the middle of the morning for you when I called you. I didn't know you were out there. And we spoke for, should I say over an hour, right? Maybe an hour and a half, two hours. And as I hung up the phone, what hit me was you never once in that close to two hours threw yourself a pity party. You never once said how much money you, Micah Johnson, lost. It was all about, you were worried about the community, you were worried about the brand, and you were worried about disappointing people. And I can't imagine anyone in this room, I can speak for myself, that, you know, that type of loss, you can't help but think of yourself. Do you think your career in baseball as a pro athlete maybe helped you deal with adversity? Just, I just thought that was super interesting to me. Yeah, I just, you know, baseball helped shape the fact that, like, in order to get to the level I got to, it required a lot of other people and a lot of people to make a lot of sacrifices for me to get there. And the same thing was true. I remember watching my, my parents um, try to figure out they had enough gas money to take me to practice wow. or go to work that day. And so I, I knew from a young age what it meant to sacrifice and how you need to always show love and support to people because you didn't get there on your own. Same thing with, with, with this happening. I didn't get there on my own. You know, we didn't get to, Aku didn't become a thing just because it was cool. You had thousands of people who supported me in that, in that, in that mission. And, and that's just something that was instilled in me from those days going to the baseball fields, man, and, and, and watching my parents struggle, pulling up in cars that were so rusted, you know, you couldn't tell what, what car we drove. You had no idea. It was just rusted out. But my parents drove however they needed far to, uh, to drive to get me there. And it just always sticks with me that it's never, you never get anywhere by yourself. I love that. One, you'll probably remember this, and it wasn't funny at the moment, and it still may be too soon. Um, we were having that conversation. I kept on asking you, what do you mean there's 34 million just floating <laughs> somewhere? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. Like, so how do you explain to people such as myself that may not be experts in crypto that this is actually the future of That's technology? Question. That's a really good question. I think, it, I, I believe that the blockchain technology and the infrastructure of NFTs 
to specially support microtransactions is, is fundamental technology and a fundamental evolution of technology. The issue we run into right now is the demand and attention on this space happen way quicker than development and infrastructure of the technology to support this kind of demand and money. And so I think, like, unfortunately, we will be part of the lore of mistakes that happened early on. But I think that as technology continues to evolve and infrastructure continues to get better, that it will fundamentally change life for everybody. It's just going to take time and, and years, you know, not just months or weeks. It's going to take years for this technology to evolve where people, you know, of, aren't confused how, techno, how $34 million got lost. They, that stuff, you know, can't happen. We were on the call. I was, I was in a car in the back seat. <laughs> And, you were, and I literally looked up, I'm like, what do you mean it's floating? Like, what, how's that <laughs> bro, even possible? It's, it's floating, that's all I knew too. <laughs> um, if, if we were playing a drinking game here at Consensus and we all had to take a shot anytime the word metaverse was said, we'd be drunk by now. And, <laughs> and he may be drunk now, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I like his style. Uh, how would you explain at least what does metaverse mean to you? For me, the metaverse is just a wallet. It's just a wallet. And what I mean by that is a metaverse is just how you get to interact with different things from your favorite brands or your favorite companies or your favorite stories or characters. It's not, it's not this revolutionary, it's not a video game first and foremost, because I don't know about you, I don't have time to sit and play video games all day. And I think we're like pretty normal dudes. <laughs> yeah. So I, it's not a video game. It's more so about how we, it's, it's about how you can access the different parts of an ecosystem that you enjoy and really starting with like the wallet. A wallet is, you know, the thing that we can do. We can go to the movie, you know, pull out your wallet. You can go enjoy and buy digital assets and create fun things with my daughter. You can, there's, there's a lot of different things but, uh, that the metaverse embodies. It's just, at basic level, it's just a, a NFT crypto wallet. Got it. I do want to take a little bit of a step back. I think sometimes people think that you stepped off the baseball diamond and into the cool world. What was your, what was that transition like a little bit for you? I mean, you know, man, as a, a former athlete, you know, it's hard once you take that jersey off. Like, you know, people aren't supporting you the same way when you were, you know, hitting home runs and stealing bases and the top dude. Like, um, so as soon as that jersey came off, you know, I was painting right before I retired when I was with the Dodgers. Took that jersey off. It was hard, man. It was really hard because I didn't have, I didn't graduate from college. I didn't have, you know, any work experience. I just knew I love art. I knew I love creating. And so I was in my garage painting for like a year, selling paintings for like a hundred bucks. And wow. then I found uh, my daughter was about to be born. I was like, oh man, like, I don't know what I'm gonna do. And then found NFTs and crypto art late 2019 and started like getting involved, learning, talking to people, selling stuff. And the collector started supporting me. And, and, and that's changed my life forever. Because like the real world wasn't rocking with me like that. I right. couldn't just call a CEO from a company, hey, can I get a job? Right. But the people in the crypto world and the NFT world were rocking with me like that and, and teaching me. So that's why I'm very, it's very important that I stay and try to be that bridge because it changed my life. I love that uh, the creation of where you are today started with a genuine love and passion for the art, right? You weren't in your garage saying, I'm gonna make a business out of this or whatnot, right? Like so. I personally believe the best art, whether that's a product you make in business or, or traditional true art is made when you're doing it for the right reasons. I am absolutely, you know, um, being an entrepreneur myself, you know, we've built the Spring Hill Company. My partner's Maverick and LeBron. I know how hard that is. I know how hard it is. And you guys that are entrepreneurs and have your own businesses, 
it is extremely difficult, <laughs> extremely difficult to be able to rally three people to do the same thing and be on the same page. You literally went from starving artist to CEO and founder of a company that, uh, Fast Company, was it 2021 named? Yeah. Right, 2021 named one of the up and coming uh, media companies uh, in the world. And I think you guys did 15 million in revenue. How did that happen? Because it doesn't just magically happen. You don't wake up one day and say, Michael Jansen has a company and, and we're gonna and be successful at it. How's that happen? I think most important, first and foremost, is the thing that I can't control. It was creating something that was authentic and personal with no bigger mission other than I just wanted to get this character into the world. Never once thought about how much money I was gonna make, how much this chapter was gonna do. We dropped chapter one. Didn't think for a second that I was just hoping maybe I made 10, 20, 100 bucks. I did not think about it. And that's the foundational piece of building something special. And then it's once you, once people say, okay, this is the thing we want, it's, you gotta just work, man. You gotta have that mentality of, like you owe it to them. You're an employee now of the people who believe in you. And I don't, that's something I don't take lightly on a daily basis is thinking that we made that kind of revenue after a year. Well, that's, that's people's harder money that they said, okay, well, I wanna support this. So it's very simple for me to wake up every single day and go every single day because that's people saying that they want to see this in the world so I got to go at a, a whole other level. And I think too, dog, like as a black creator, like you got to go to even another level. You feel that? You feel that pressure? A thousand percent. A thousand percent. You got to go to a whole other level and as a, a black CEO who's, you know, people, it's hard for people to associate you're a successful artist in May 15th, let alone now you're a successful artist and you run a business. It's like, yeah, I do, man. And like, that's what I do. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of that because my grandparents started his, my grandfather started his business. My dad worked every day. So that's something I am proud of. I'm not just an artist, but I run a business. And, and it's something that, you know, you do feel the pressure. Let me ask you, you've done the hard part, right? Which is create something. And this goes for everyone in the audience. Create something that matters, that resonates. I don't care if you have a landscaping business. I don't care if it's... Steve or Tim with Apple, you know, whatever the case may be, you have to have an emotional connection. You have to be able to create an emotional connection for your product or service to matter. You've done that with a coup, right? Which is incredible in the short amount of time you've done it. What are some of the other challenges you've had in building a company and a business? Man, I think as you know, like, like you said, getting three people to do something, it's scaling out the team that, especially early on, that you don't have to be in control of everything and letting it kind of grow. Um, and I think for me, like that's something that, like, I, you know, we came out with that, you know, little, little social post today with us announcing yes. kind of, you know, our partnership together yes. today. Very excited about Which that. is a big deal for the Spring Hill company to, you know, come into, you know, our world. Yes. You know, um, it's a big deal because that, what you guys have built, starting from athletes, you know, mm -hmm. before it was athletes. Um, from, from all, I don't care, you, know, you get everybody says, you know, LeBron company, but no, you, you need people that are experts at what they do. And what you guys have built in the infrastructure that allows people like myself to distribute things across different verticals like product, like merchandise, TV, gaming. Like you guys have built this incredible infrastructure that like, and just like the ethos that you guys operate under, it's like that was a no brainer for us because now Aku has the ability to reach kids all over the world. Yeah, you and I have had conversations about, um, I always say, the best advice I've ever been given 
It's by the ex-CMO uh, of Beats by Dre, Omar Johnson, who's a genius, who's saying, stay in your areas of brilliance, right? I think we all do something and we're able to have some success with it. And then when it's time to run a business, we have to do other things, right? You got to figure out payroll and people and all these things. And, and with each minute or hour a day you spend on those things, it takes you away from the thing that made you great. How are you balancing that, right? Because the thing that made you great was being a creator, being an artist, and now you have to run a business. What's that transition been like? It's been hard, it's been hard. I haven't, that is what I'm really, I woke up today really excited, man. Because I was like, finally, like, you know, it's been hard to try to scale this over a year. We've done it, we're doing it really well, but obviously mistakes have happened and like you can't focus on being creative. You can't make another Aku or I can't think about that when you're running a business. And I, like today I woke up and I was like, oh, that feels good because I know what you guys have over there. You know, I know from a product side, I, that's, we're good. You know, I know from like innovation and support across content, we're good. So it felt today was like a very good day. I was like, okay, like, I might just like start making new characters, new things, it's actually starting to create again. <laughs> that's the space, that's the space we want you in. It's, it's um, yeah, right, yeah, absolutely. I will say it's like, and this isn't, you can check my cards, this isn't in the cards. I think, um, I do want to commend you in that most people don't bounce back from 34 million, right? And I don't even mean just the business part of it, just um, how that can be where you start as an entrepreneur and a creator, start doubting yourself as to like, hey, maybe, you know, it's almost like the imposter syndrome a lot of us have, right? Like, hey, maybe they were right, maybe I couldn't do this. So did you ever have any, any of those moments in, in that moment, not to bring that back up, but of like, hey, am I doing the right thing? Am I, am I qualified to do this thing? Yeah, man, I think that's really hard because I have such an ambition, ambitious dreams, and I always have. You know, you don't get to be a Major League Baseball player just thinking you're gonna, one day I hope I get there. And when that happened, I even, I, I called Keith Grossman, you know, president of time here. Like, I was like, man, I don't think I can do this anymore. And that was like really hard, that was real conversation. I was like, I don't think I could be a CEO of this anymore. Maybe I can make cool characters and like draw things. And he was like, man, there's so many people that will sign up for your job. Like, and I remember that, I was like, there's so many people that will give up everything and, and be in your position. Like, you just have to keep learning. And this is a humbling experience. And it was, like it was, like you, you, you're cooking, you're thinking, you're doing your thing, you're thinking you're just like the man, and it hits you, and it's like, it was very public, very expensive mistake, but it was, at the end of the day, it was a mistake. And that was, that was when I really, was, it was really hard, really hard, because I thought I was done. I was very proud of that, we were a fast company, you know, and, and a media company. People saw me as a businessman, not an artist. And, you know, he, Keith, like definitely, like, Said, don't man, don't give up, and you know here we are. Man, keep going. You, you've touched. Nobody handled it better. I agree with that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think I know the answer to this, but because you've touched on it a little bit. But um, how important is it to you that you're seen as more than just an artist? Uh, it's very important because I think as as an athlete, I was always considered a raw athlete, raw talent. I was good, man. Like, I could do everything everybody else was doing. But as, as I get this, you got this label, and then now I'm an artist. And I don't want to be seen as an artist, especially because I paint. And I respect artists. Like, I'm not, I'm not in here with my hands making these animations. There's people that are the artists that are making this. Like, I have to run a business and figure out how that thing they're making, the actual artists are making, even though I have creative input, how that can, inter in, how that can work in product or how that product can connect to this virtual world and you know that's what I'm doing I don't want to be called an artist because it's like that's not what I do 
talking about, you're talking about my paintings, sure, but I'm not going to detract from like the artists that are actually making the, the, the work. I love that. You, I know you, you refer to yourself as a creator. What's, what, if anything, is inspiring you these days, whether it be a brand or, or, or I don't know, just even in your everyday life? What, what, where are you drawing inspiration from? Um, that's a good question. For me, it's being, it's honestly being in a place like this and seeing like artists like, like Blake Jameson, who like we talked in 2020 before anybody, everybody's like, Mikey, stop talking shit, man. Like, NF, what are NFT? What's crypto art? And, but seeing people like that, like doing things and changing their lives and like being in the mix, like that's inspiring because you get to see like what can actually, what's actually happening is people's lives are changing, man. Like, like forget the technology, people's lives are changing forever with this technology. So like, it's inspiring to constantly be a part of this and try to like innovate and learn and, and support other people. Because it always, it always goes back, it's always a two-way street. Speaking of innovation, um, where do you see a coup five years from now, 10 years from now, shit, 20 years from now? Have you thought about that at all? Well, we're doing dope shit, so that's five years is gonna be fun. Um, but no, I think it, my goal has always been to eventually be, de be detracted from Aku, where it becomes so big and so uh, all over the place, and, the, and, and kids are creating their own Akus, and families are working with uh, creating Aku together, that people forget who even made Aku. And, you know, a movie was definitely, is my biggest dream to see it in the theater. My nephew loves Aku, my daughter loves Aku, and to see them watch this character uh, on the big screen um, in 10 years, but I also want to have everything every other generational character has. Amusement parks, why not? Whenever we, had, whenever we ever had a black character like that, that could be the Spider-Man, never. Like it's always, never. So like this is it. And so I'm gonna do everything I possibly can to do that. I love it. We talked about, um, I talked about earlier the, what in my opinion uh, is needed, that emotional connection, right? Sure. To, for things to matter. Um, we built the company on the belief that the best way to get that emotional connection is storytelling. Right, you didn't just create Aku, it's a cool looking character, right? You've, you've done amazing storytelling. Tell us a little bit on the origin of it and why you created him. Yeah, so Aku was a, ba was a character created, derived from my paintings. My paintings were my nephew um, wearing an astronaut helmet after he asked if astronauts could be black. At that time, when he asked that question, I was just painting in my garage. And like, I would make my canvases out of wood, paint him with the astronaut helmet and FaceTime him and show him. And he was going nuts, like how, like going nuts to see himself, not just on fine art, but like as an astronaut on a six foot canvas. But I, but I want, not to, I want to ask you, that had, I mean, your nephew asking you a real question, right? He's not fucking around. He's asking you a real question. Can astronauts be black? What did that feel like in the moment? Do you remember that feeling? Yeah, uh, yeah. What, one thing that was really confusing to me was and this is what I still grapple with is he watched me play on TV. Like he watched me achieve a dream. I still didn't understand like why did he feel like there was limits to his dreams? And I'm still searching for that answer why some kids feel like they can't be the thing they want to be. I never had that. And I think of what it comes down to and what I'm still trying to figure out, I think it's representation. Think about space. NASA, a private government company, I mean a government company, can't market, can't market like the ESPNs and, and, and uh, music videos. So you just, you see a Leland Melvin on commercials, you know, or like very often. And so I think that is what's really been really fun about this is getting to educate myself and talk to astronauts and get involved with some STEM programs and understand how we can do a better job 
and target that audience and focus on those kids who, who like my nephew asked that question. Sports is easy. Like you, there's, there's a lot of black athletes across sports. Yeah. What about the, the other professions? Yeah, it's, it's a, I, I wholeheartedly believe in that and representation. I mean, for me as a kid, you know, when I grew up, we all wanted to be Michael Jordan and, or, you know, Magic or Larry. Um, we didn't even know that they had agents that represented them. We didn't know they had brand people. We didn't know someone designed their shoe, right? We thought Magic and Mike were doing all of it, designing the shoe, <laughs> dropping 50, representing themselves in meetings, closing deals and shit, right? But that's why it is important. Jay-Z, on his last tour, he was in Cleveland, and he was on stage, and he stops mid-song, or in between songs, and he's like, welcome to the house that LeBron James built, right? And everyone goes crazy, and he goes, I noticed a lot of kids out here. He goes, look, the reality of it is, there's only one LeBron James. He goes, there's probably only one Jay-Z. He goes, but you can be Rich Paul, who's LeBron's right. agent, right? And I think that's so important, right? I think, you know, beyond even the art, you know, your nephew being, your nephew seeing that, you know, it's not just baseball, that you can go and be an artist, that you can pivot in your career, right? One thing we at Spring Hill have taken up this mantra uh, um, of what we're seeing now a lot of, I'm sure you guys are seeing it as well, is social media, a lot of like what we call like fake it till you make it, right? It's like you see someone on social, like, well, they got all their shit figured out, right? Like they got all the money and they look beautiful and all these things. Shout out to filters. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, you know, what we've tried to create with Spring Hill is a platform where we're encouraging young people. Um, and when I say young, that can be an age, that can be in your new career, your second act, um, to not fake it till you make it, to make it till you make it, right? What are the resources you have at your disposal, whether that be a cell phone that we all have, you can do a podcast, you can, you know, whatever it is you can do, don't fake it till you make it, make it till you make it. Make things, create things, right? Um, any, ad any advice, what advice do you have before we get out of here in terms of just young creators out there that are trying to get specifically in the Web3 space or just create? If specifically in the Web3 space, it's just getting involved in the discourse, getting involved in Twitter and just reaching out to people. That's the only way I got into it. And also just keep producing. Like, don't worry about what people are saying about your art. The more you get it out there, the more you get feedback you get, the better you can get. And, and never focus on, I guess there's three things, and never focus on the end result or a win. Because if you're actually re really, you know, in, in passionate about the thing you're doing and creating, there's no end. Like, you, there's no end goal. Absolutely. Like, so it's not like, oh, I got it into the Gagosian, and now, you know, I'm done. No, man. The only, the only time you're done with anything is if it's really sports and you get too old and you really can't yeah. move. But, like... If you're really passionate, there's no end, so there's n really n nothing to really, you know, celebrate. That's how I look at it. I'm going to work on this forever because there's always going to be something else that we could do. 100%. I've learned all success, and we say this, all success affords you is a bigger platform to do it on a higher level, right? You think about your baseball career, right? I'm assuming you were the best kid on your high school team. All that did was afford you an opportunity to go to college in the minor leagues. And if you were That's the right. best guy on that team, all that did was afford you an opportunity. So there's always another level and no finish line, as cliche as that sounds. You're young. You have... A body's old, though. <laughs> your body's old. <laughs> um, you're young. I mean, you're not even thinking about, you know, finishing or when it's over or when you're retired. But I do want to ask you before we go, when it's all said and done, how do you want people to talk about Micah Johnson? Man, I want to, I honestly, honest answer, I want them to really not remember that I made Aku, like, at all. Like, that's really the goal. Like, because 
I think that Aku is much bigger than one person. I truly mean that. And I think that anybody can be Aku, and that would be very successful in my opinion. You know, like, the, your friends, people you care about, Keith will know, you know, like, people will know, but the world will, that's my goal, is I'll be really happy, man. I don't need the fame. I don't need the attention. I don't need any of that, man. I just need, like, a farm, a couple little, you know, a, a fishing lake, and I'm good. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Micah Johnson. Appreciate it, man. Appreciate it.